0: all right welcome back everyone for your true Philadelphia sport podcast today we're going to jump into our Eagles segment with Wentz Wagon after I don't even know how to describe that type of game a beat down from the Cowboys of 37 to 10 Joe how you doing today?
1: um well I think the answer, best answer would be a lot better if I didn't see that atrocious monstrosity of a football game tonight. But
0: the rest of my day was pretty good. <laughs>
1: well,
0: that's good to hear. Um, I mean, I don't know where you want to start with this game, but this game was pretty much. I don't know. Yeah, I have as a much pretty areas good areas you can be positive from.
1: Yeah, I mean, I have a pretty good place to start, and I think it's really kind of what they echoed on post game. And what I think, no offense to, um, I saw you commented on the same tweet, but no offense to Elliot Shores-Parks, but I think that guy sometimes is too either positive or not enough of an analyst. Because, I mean, I, I don't know if that's just me, but I read his tweet sometimes and feel like it's missing a piece, uh, where, like, when he said the Aguilar thing, it's like that was overthrown, well, no crap, it was overthrown a little bit. That wasn't the point that people were trying to make. People were trying to make the team has shown no effort in recent weeks. And that continued to show no effort against your division rival. So that was more the point people were trying to make. Not, oh, the ball wasn't overthrown. So I feel like... It's a disconnect where where the team's not connecting with the fans, but they're also not really connecting with the media that much right now. Where you have some people on completely one end of the of the um, for lack of a for no pun intended but one end of the wagon, and another (laughs) another uh, side of people on the other end. So uh, that that's a problem too. Where we talked about the disconnect with the Phillies all season, it's kind of the same with the Eagles
0: right now. No, yeah, absolutely, and um, I think. At some point, I think the biggest thing here that we unfortunately saw is the effort. I mean, yeah, are the Cowboys twenty seven points better than the Eagles? Absolutely. Hell no, no, hell no. Uh, <laughs> do they have more. Do they have more talent than the Eagles. Okay, maybe you can make that argument. That's,
1: that's At a wide receiver, point. because I would count Blake Jarwin and Jason Wooden, I would probably have to say yes with the effort I've seen from our guys this year.
0: But like, and that's the thing. I'm and like, Randall
1: Cobb, I left out Randall Cobb.
0: You might not be the best player on the field, but the one thing you control every single play is the effort as a, as a player you give. And that's the thing. I mean, yeah, Aguilar's got that clear one where he doesn't put out the second effort to make that catch, but I think it goes deeper than just Aguilar. I mean, I think a couple oh, of yeah. these guys on the field had their heads down the whole game, and they just don't have as yeah. much energy as you would expect them to have, especially in a Dallas game for first place.
1: Yeah. Well, one guy I see that still does, at least to me, show some spunk that we just go away from him for no reason, and of course it pisses me off even further due to the fact that he's on my fantasy team, <laughs> is um Jordan Howard, where I always see good spurts of that dude's game, and then all of a sudden it's like, let's hand it off for my- to Miles Sanders for six straight runs, and it's like, no, <laughs> when something's working, don't fix it, <laughs> like, It just doesn't make sense or game plan to me this year, where when somebody, whoever the anonymous person was, whether it was Jeffrey, Aguilar, whoever the hell it was, it doesn't matter, but whoever it was, the fact that they think the Eagles' offense is complex means that they don't even know their own offense, because most fans watch this game on TV and go, I can predict this play's not going to work, and normally they're right, like, the Eagles' offense is one of the most simplistic in the NFL. And that's the problem, not one of the most complicated. The only reason it's complicated is probably because whoever that was is making it complicated. So.
0: Yeah, absolutely. and I mean, and the Eagles have been – I mean, you can criticize them whatever way you want. And I think one of the biggest things I have is there's so much talk going around from uh, uh, anonymous players being –
1: Broken uh, locker room. Yeah.
0: Negative stuff from the offense. From from uh, the not making a trade. You had a guy come out and basically take a shot at Allie Roseman. Yeah, wasn't and, that
1: the same guy? And, that was I mean, that was the same guy, right? I think it was the I, same. I
0: don't. I don't remember it honestly. Um,
1: I'm pretty sure it was the same guy. For if I remember from reading the article for um, saying about the Ramsey trade and also just saying about the overall team. But that's
0: the that's the biggest thing. Taking a shot at the offense like that. I don't know if that's a bigger shot at Wentz, or I honestly took that as a bigger shot at Peterson than Wentz, and maybe that's just me being a Wentz fan. But the offense is not Wentz's offense. Meaning, like whatever offense no. impl- implemented into the team is more Doug Peterson and Mike Rowe. So to me, that that's more of a true shot blows, at Not Doug Peterson,
1: but Mike Rowe. Mike Rowe is an atrocious offensive coordinator, in my opinion.
0: I mean, the last two years he's been here. the Offense has clearly showed struggles. And I'm a high believer that this team has a lot of talent on offense. Like It's just a matter of when they can start clicking. But um, Well,
1: I think part of the problem is, and you know I'm not someone that likes bringing up different ends of momentum. Because I think some of that is uh, kind of like crap. Thinking of different ends of momentum. But when your defense is that off it does affect your offense a little bit but at the same time when you have like you said this good of an offense you should be able to counterbalance your defense a little bit we see that with good teams in the NFL and for some reason the Eagles can't pull themselves together to counterbalance their terrible defense where the Chiefs are able to do that and other teams are able to do that um even the I mean there's been games that the uh not the Steelers, the Saints have been closer in that their defense is one of the better in the league, but they had maybe an off week, and then a guy like Teddy Bridgewater steps up, so like, they, it's just weird that the Eagles have not had that together in this game, other than about like three or four weeks ago, like, so, even some games they won, it's kind of just been the last minute they figured it out.
0: Here's a point I want to make, and I know I'm going to be one of the few, if not the only Eagles fan to say this, and I don't know, I've been saying this for a few weeks now. How much do you put how much do you honestly blame the defense because if you really sit down and break this game down from play one to play whatever the last play of the game was, I don't really know if I blame the defense that much
1: well, if maybe you, not this particular go, game, but
0: if you go into this game, you seven nothing Those first seven points, how do they score them? It was only a 45 yard drive because the Eagles fumbled, and you're then they fumbled again. <laughs> second, yeah, second yeah. possession the Eagles get, they fumble the ball, and the Cowboys all, have to, all they have to do is go fourteen yards for a touchdown. So now you're already down fourteen nothing. Then the Eagles score, make it 14-7. Guess what the Eagles do? They force a punt. But then the cow, and the Eagles' offense does nothing. And then if you go into the second half, Eagles score, or the Eagles, the Eagles force a punt to open the half, and then the Eagles get a field goal. They hold the Cowboys to a field goal, and then the Eagles get an interception. But then the Eagles fumble the ball on their own fifteen again, and Cowboys get a fifteen yard touchdown. So to me, that's twenty one points you can almost take off the board if the offense just take care, take care, takes care of the ball. And I know, I mean, maybe it's just sounding like excuses for the defense, but to me, maybe this year isn't the defense. I, and I don't, it's to me, the issue isn't the defense; it's the turnovers the offense are causing. Because the offense, again, they're. Getting yards per game, that's not the issue. The issue has been turnovers.
1: That's a good point. Yeah, I, I, I can actually really see that point. To me, I think it's still a little bit... It depends on the game to me, is of the way I would put it. I would say tonight, you probably can't put it forthright on the defense. But in certain games, you could... like, For example, Sam Darnold should not have come back and been able to find a way to win against our team in the first week he was back coming back. That, that, that just shouldn't have... Been the case, you know what I'm saying?
0: <laughs> but Sam Darnold, didn't, wait, Sam Darnold didn't beat us.
1: Or no, not Sam Darnold. Excuse me. Um, who did who did we, we we lost a couple weeks ago to uh, who did we lose to that was shitty this year? We I, lost to the Falcons with
0: Matt Ryan. We lost to the Lions with Matt Stafford. The Lions, we the, lost the Lions. The I was Vikings thinking, of, of yeah, Super I was
1: Plus. sorry. I was thinking, of, I was thinking of the Lions. I meant, I meant to say, I meant to say the Lions where. Um, I mean, usually the Eagles actually, like, sometimes Stafford does have a good game against us, but that was me, if I'm thinking, correctly back to when they still had, like, their, like, dudes on that team, like Calvin, and where, in recent history, I can't think of them having, like, a game where they found a way to win like they did, where the Eagles had so many chances to win that game, too, where it was, oh, you got the ball back, or, oh, you had something that should have gave you momentum. But then it just seems things that should also give you momentum don't give you momentum in games, which is a which is also a big issue with a team when you have plays that should gain momentum and it just doesn't do anything for you.
0: <laughs> but see again, that's that's my whole point. And I I'm even gonna defend the defense in that Lions game. Like they only they the Lions put up a twenty seven spot in that game, and if I remember correctly, didn't they have didn't they have a kick return touchdown which Obviously, there's on the defense. Yeah, yeah. If, if I remember the correctly, defense. the Eagles had a fair share of turnovers in that game, too. I think, uh... Did Sanders have that fumble? And then it was, like, a pretty we short We fumbled
1: drive. in that game. I mean, the problem with the so, Eagles...
0: I, to, to me, the first thing the Eagles need to clean up is turnovers.
1: Yeah. Well, I think part of that is also trust. And the Eagles are putting too much trust in the wrong people. I mean, like I said earlier, I don't think they have... I'm I'm with Ray Diddinger. I don't think they've been coaching well this season, either. I mean... The like he kind of said that if this game, if you say you prepared well this week, then how the hell do you go out and show up that bad against Dallas that you clearly did not prepare well this week like and i don't like I think doug Peterson's a great guy and a very good coach, in my opinion i don't really like coming at him like this, but I'm just saying from a realist standpoint i don't think i i don't think you it looked like you had good practices this week, but I guess looks can be deceiving at times because I mean. You came out and played one of the worst football games I've seen in recent years, to be quite honest, from the Eagles. I mean, at least in some weeks, you had some drives where you're like, right, we're building a little bit. Where this week, it was like you got nothing. Where I was with Ray Didinger, I was actually not even the first turn, or not the second turnover. I was more the first turnover. Yeah, I don't think we're going to win this game. Because I said in Dallas, in Jerry's world, as much as I hate calling it that, you have to come out strong. You can't come out bad in Dallas. They're going to kill you if you come out bad and that's exactly what happened tonight and I mean when we started off that bad I looked over to my dad and said yep this game's over <laughs> it was literally after the first turnover I said I think this game's over and then after the second I was like yeah we lost <laughs> so I was kind of with the post-game crew on that I don't know where you were with that but
0: oh, no, it was an absolutely abysmal performance um I honestly I didn't give up till a while I mean you you were down fourteen nothing yeah but I mean there was six minutes into the game there's plenty of time left and like I said after that fourteenth point the Eagles went on a ninety yard drive basically yeah and uh, made it a seven point game the defense came out and held the Cowboys through an eight play drive and got the ball back but then the Eagles had a three and out to follow so I mean I think they I mean I did not give up after the, when it was fourteen nothing I thought they still had a shot to win the game to answer your question
1: yeah I mean I don't know if I want to put I can. But I mean, it's more. It's almost just a defeat you have in your mind. Like I don't know if giving up's the right word, but it's more as a fan you just feel defeated after that. Where that's not the feeling you want to have. Like you said, it was only six minutes into the freaking game. You don't want to have that feeling as a fan six minutes into the game. That's kind of. And then you have a fumble because um, you can't get the block on, and I think it was around Lane Johnson. And he right. got, Yeah, he got around Lane Johnson with, the, I think it was Demarcus Lawrence, right? Yes. Yeah, Demarcus Lawrence basically just pushed Lane Johnson out of the way. And as one of the best tackles in the NFL, even though Demarcus Lawrence is one of the best, you saw the video, he said. Lane Johnson basically said, I know this guy's every move. Well, clearly you don't. Because he just made you look like an idiot on that play. So, I mean, I think this team talks too much sometimes, too. Where... Even Doug shouldn't have said what he said on the radio necessarily because obviously it came back to bite him in the ass in the end.
0: Yeah, now that's two weeks in a row. You have Zach Brown say his crap and gets embarrassed. Now you have Doug Peterson say his crap and you get embarrassed again. At what point do you learn that maybe you shouldn't call out teams? I mean, and, and the schedule doesn't get any easier. So, I mean, it's... I, Doug Pearson, you keep bringing up post game, and Doug Pearson's post game conference. It was an interesting press conference because I wanted to say one thing. I thought he took a shot at the team indirectly, or kind of like a hinted shot at him when uh, they were asked. Someone asked him, I don't know the reporter's name, but someone asked him about how he felt the preparation was, and he responded with, "Well, the prep. I mean, fourteen or two turnovers to start the game isn't on preparation. That's on players or whatever." (laughs) something like that.
1: <laughs> Yeah, yeah, he said something. Paraphrasing, it was similar to that. Yeah, I thought that's that.
0: a that's a huge shot on the team. I mean, from from like you said, the, the fumble Wentz had was on Lane Johnson because he let Lawrence beat him. But then obviously uh, Dallas is his fault uh, for the fumble, and, and that's, then he at least made know. up for that.
1: The thing is, when you fumble because the first fumble was. Obviously, I mean, when you fumble, I would rather have you fumble running the ball, to be honest, or or no, 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 I mean, excuse me, reverse that, I would rather have you fumble catching the ball, because at least you had to think of something else while you fumbled. If you fumble while just running the ball, all you literally have to do is just secure that crap, (laughs) and not fumble, where at least when you catch it, you have to turn around and make a football move like... I, I it's not that I'm excusing it. It's just that if you had if you had to fumble, that's the one I would rather see. Because when people fumble on the run, it pisses me off way more than fumbling on the pass. Because at least you had some other factor into it when you fumble on the pass. Yeah, um, yeah. it's
0: that, that's an interesting take. I mean, uh... Obviously, no fumble's good, so I mean, to me... No fumble's good,
1: but I would almost... It's just... its just.
0: I, I think that's also
1: just because of how frustrating this team is this year, that I have that take. It,
0: and I, it, unfortunately, so many similarities to the Phillies, it's not even funny. Um, I mean, just the expectations are there, the talent's there, and they're just crumbling in our faces. Well,
1: the one thing I would probably argue is I don't think the defensive talent is there, in my opinion. At least in the secondary. I'm not gonna say the whole defense, but in the secondary and at linebacker, I mean you could probably have a blind side to try
0: out and make a better linebacker at this point. Um <laughs> Wish were on linebackers, maybe it wasn't such a smart idea to cut Zach Brown. Yeah, I, I, I really mean still,
1: Zach Brown in I my opinion. I
0: still disagree with that completely.
1: I don't know, in my opinion he wasn't very good anymore. And it's, he, it's, even it's, though people so, even though people were interested in yeah, I mean, just because people are interested in him doesn't necessarily mean he's great. It just means he could be a depth guy on their team. Um, but
0: that's the thing. We don't even have enough room for him to be a depth guy. He was, he was probably our second or third best linebacker.
1: Yeah, well, it's also a problem when Nate Gary is your best linebacker. I mean, that that's not really a very good thing to have. Um. So, I th- and especially when Nate Gary's calling your plays when other guys are not in the game, and I think he might be calling the plays mainly now, because wasn't Zach Brown calling the plays while he was here? I think so. Yeah. yeah, so Nate Gary might be the guy that's mainly calling the plays now, unless if they gave it to Gru J. Hill, but that wouldn't make any sense whatsoever, because he just came back. So... Um, I don't, I mean, I just think this team is caught in a crossroads right now where they don't really know what their problem is. And since they don't exactly know what the problem is, when you don't know exactly what the problem is, you can't fix it. So,
0: that's... Let me ask you you this question. Where do you go from here?
1: I almost think you need, what I was going to say, what I really wanted to say at some point, which I think this is the perfect time to say it is, I think you almost need how Brett Brown, after the one half, kind of switched his personality for a moment, and just ripped the team, and went, like, started cursing out the team and everything, and Butler like that, and beat like other guys like that, Doug, I think, is sometimes too polite, um, where I think he sometimes is like Brett in that factor, where he tries to motivate guys through encouraging them, where sometimes you have to motivate guys who are kind of just telling them they suck, and you need to look yourself in the mirror and check yourself and get better, you know what I'm saying? Where I don't think the Eagles have coaches that do that enough.
0: That seems to be the trend in Philadelphia from... Gabe Kapler, that was his knock for being too Yeah, positive. I'm not ready to nice. say that
1: about A.V. Yet then,
0: <laughs> well, yeah, but now, but if you go back to Dave Hackstall, that was definitely a knock of his. Yeah.
1: So, <laughs>
0: be- seems, seems like to be the trend. Uh, trend that's the trend. Yeah, the, uh, yeah. Coaching.
1: We'll talk about that on our Flyers podcast when we do it, but, I mean, people are jumping the gun way too much on Elaine know, on that. He said that after one freaking game. I mean, <laughs> but, um, yeah, Doug, I think, is definitely sometimes overly – Positive well I don't think a v is if you look back in recent history, but we'll save that for the flyers side
0: um it does my, I, seem like Doug's getting a little chippy though in his press conferences compared to when he first got it.
1: well, I think that's just natural human tendencies. I mean normally, I think if I was a personally if I was a coach, and when I was kind of one of the captains on our team while growing up in baseball. I normally would motivate people from being more encouraging, too, rather than getting in their face and saying, like, get your shit together. (laughs) That's not normally how I was. Um, Where the um, thing is, I don't see that at all with the Eagles. Where I actually like the sideline argument sometimes. I don't think fans are right when they think that's a problem. That means you care. That's high intensity because you care. Where the Eagles don't have that, and it feels like with a team that's this dysfunctional right now, you should probably have that, to sh- because, I mean, no offense, if there's a bad play call, and there's been many, the quarterbacks would disagree with some of them. I mean, that's just kind of the way I feel.
0: Yeah, I, it, it more depends on the situation, because, like, some of, them are get, some of them are way too far, and... They clearly show that there's issues there. And I think you kind of saw that with the Ramsey stuff. I think that one was not good for the team. I think that didn't help at all. I think the Odell ones didn't help at all. But, I mean, every once in a while you might see one that works.
1: Yeah, well, the thing is, I didn't like the whole, I also think Odell, excuse me as I turn into Stephen A. Smith for a second, but I also think that's more of a race thing. Uh, Because Tom Brady almost tore Josh McDaniel's head off. Literally, almost assaulted this guy on the sideline the one time. And Odell Beckham yells at his coach and gets treated the exact opposite of Tom Brady. And I mean, so do other African American players in the league. It's not just Odell Beckham when they get on their coaches, where when. Tom Brady does it. it's like he's Christ, and everybody's like, oh, he's standing up, and he's being a great guy, and it's like, when Odell does, it, it's like, oh, he's a terrible human being, it's like, no, excuse me, you can't, you can't, th- you can't have those two opinions, those don't coincide, you're, like, <laughs> so, th- like, that's, the, the,
0: the, the difference is, Tom Brady's been successful, Tom Brady's, well, you want to know
1: why Odell Beckham has not been successful? Because I could throw a football down the field better than damn Eli Manning at the end of his career.
0: <laughs> I, I, personally I think Odell's overrated I'm not a big Odell fan you everyone can knock on me for it but I don't think Odell's I think he and Baker's a don't get me wrong up, he's a good die. he's a good receiver but he was overhyped after that catch um if he's truly that good of a receiver he would be making a difference on the Browns right now and frankly I've barely heard his name this year
1: well, yeah, well, I've I've watched the games because I have them on my fantasy team. That's 100% Baker, not Odell. Baker's been very subpar this season. Um, so, I mean, it's kind of when you're a wide receiver, you can only do so much when your quarterback's playing average at best. So, like, look at guys, like, there's guys that are talented on the Titans, they suck in fantasy, because Marcus Mariota is one of the worst quarterbacks in the NFL so far this year, that's why he got benched, so, I mean, that's kind of, sometimes you gotta look at it from a quarterback, and then the Broncos have some guys that normally might actually be a little bit better in fantasy, they're from pass-catching backs to faster receivers, but obviously Joe Flacco's in the twilight of his career, so, Sometimes you have to kind of look at the quarterback a little bit, whether they used to be good and they're in the twilight or they just were never that good it it that that factors into a wide receiver big time compared to most other positions' but even a running back can do good with a bad quarterback if you have a good offensive line yeah I don't know and I, yeah
0: that's I understand that, but if you're truly that. For good example, receiver. if Carson Wentz had
1: Odell Beckham, Odell Beckham would be, in my opinion, the second or third best receiver in the NFL. The, the the um, if not the first. Because combining those two athletes together I think would work. And also work ethic wise, I think Odell would actually like Wentz. And also Odell would get in the face of everybody on the sideline and say, You better play for this quarterback or I'll personally kick your ass. Like, so, so I think the fu- they're not not the fly, the the Eagles might need somebody to light a fire under them, and you need a type of player. That's why I necessarily didn't think it would have been the worst to bring Jalen. in, even though Jalen can be a locker room guy, a uh, locker room deterrent at times, but I also saw an interview with him where I wasn't able to watch the whole thing because I was in the middle of something. But they were, he was talking about how it was just very difficult at the end while he was there. And, I mean, I think some of that's also messes with your psyche at that point where you feel like some people don't want you on that team anymore as well as you don't want to be on that team anymore. So, um, I think he would have actually done well here and probably worked out just due to the fact that that dude would literally kick people's asses on the defense if they didn't play well. Like, he would personally take it upon himself to, like, push somebody on the sideline to say, get your act together. And that's not always a bad thing, because I think everyone's too soft in our coaching staff this year.
0: Yeah, and uh, it's, that's a whole other topic, probably, I don't know, we're kind of getting off topic from the game today, but my thing, and that's, and that's my thing with Ramsey, I, I, I agree with you, I would have been fine with getting him, I know a lot of people were hesitant because of his attitude, but I would have easily brought him in, you, you need a guy like that, you need... First of all, you need a cornerback. Hey, you know what?
1: At this point, it pains me to say this as a moralistic person. (laughs) But I'm going to say it because we suck. (laughs) At this point, since there's no evidence at all that he's going to get convicted during this football season, or for that matter, ever, (laughs) uh, would you bite the board and just freaking sign Antonio Brown since we suck so much?
0: I was actually thinking about the same thing today. Um, I don't, I mean, has anything else come up from that issue? Is he proven guilty or not Some guilty?
1: stuff has come up, but I mean, it's not like, like, you can't until it goes into the system and it actually goes through proper legal processes rather than just evidence gathering. Um, it's hard for to really know exactly anything. But I think also the only reason the Patriots cut him, in my opinion, is because of what he said while he was there. Not actually the other stuff. I don't remember exactly what he said while he was there, but I remember he said something while he was on the Patriots, and uh, Bill didn't like that. So I think that factored in more to why he didn't stay on the patch than the actual overall thing, in my opinion, at least. Yeah,
0: I Man, it's pretty telling when the Patriots cut somebody.
1: Yeah, I mean, I don't know. At the same, in one sense, yes, in another sense, no, because Bill Belichick doesn't put up with anything. Like, I'm surprised Josh Gordon is honestly still on the Patriots and they actually let him work through that. Uh, I thought they would have cut ties with him long ago. Um, Because I don't think Bill Belichick puts up with people, as Stephen A. Smith said, says often not being able to stay off the (laughs) wheel. So, the thing is... That's a whole different argument for another time, whether that should be allowed in the NFL rather than opioids. We'll save that for a different podcast, because that could probably take up 60 minutes in itself, but um, the thing is, I don't, I mean, I just think the Eagles need somebody, Christ, trade for Josh Gordon from the Patriots if they don't want him to be honest, because you need to, because they're not using him effectively whatsoever, so... I mean, if you, you just need somebody that's athletic and able to go up and get the ball, because in my opinion, I know you disagree with me a little bit on this, but in my opinion, I do think Alshon is either not putting in max effort or is in the twilight, because he is only good fantasy-wise. I mean, there's a difference of being good by the numbers in fantasy and actually looking good on a football field. I mean, Frank like like there's guys that, um I not Frank Will, but there's guys, that, like, like, for example, Garrett Blunt some years, not when he was with us, but in certain years I had him on the fantasy team, he was not a good running back overall. He would just score from the one all the time when he was on the Patriots. <laughs> so that's how I got a lot of fantasy points, where that's kind of where I see Alshon. It's like he has nine yards per catch, I think. Well, now his average is down because of, I think, but that's what it was a couple weeks ago. And that's kind of skews his stats, in my opinion. Where he really isn't playing that well. It's just when he catches a ball, it's usually for like twenty yards or ten to fifteen. So that kind of
0: skews everything. That's true. Um, yeah, but I mean, it's, he's also slow as
1: molasses. Like he keeps getting slow. Get
0: back, back to the game a
1: little bit. Well, that, that that was a little bit off on the game. The dude slows molasses. Um, he can... I mean, talk about not being able to catch up to a ball. I mean, Alshon, you kind of have to throw a nice pass to at this point because that dude's not catching the ball at this point of his career in terms of catching up to it. Um, and then, of course, Nelson needs a better effort. And then, I don't know, wh- like, where the hell was Zach Ertz in tonight's game plan? <laughs> well,
0: Zach Ertz and Alshon. Like, I don't think Alshon... Or had a tar- or I think Alshon had a target on that past
1: Alshon year. had, had a couple targets. I remember because Wentz threw it over. I don't think
0: Alshon or Ertz, or Ertz had a catch in the first
1: half. Um, I know we had one catch. I think it was for six yards. There wasn't it from a former receiver in the first half because the other one was Goddard for a TD. It was Goddard
0: and Aguilar, I think, with the catches in the first half. Yeah, and Goddard's not a wide receiver. so. No. And, I mean... you you have a you have your two best targets. I mean, I assume you agree with me and Jeffrey and Ertz, two best targets.
1: Yeah, except for I don't agree with you when Deshaun
0: but, Jackson's in. But yeah, other than one D Jackson, yeah, I would put Jeffrey there. But Jeffrey and Ertz, your two best targets, have a total of four catches tonight. A total, not four each. A total of four. That that is absurd. You're not like, like how do you let that happen? Well,
1: it's like they were saying on the postgame, talk, you can talk the talk, but it's like everyone always says, when you talk the talk, you got to walk the walk, as an old saying. And no team in Philadelphia in recent history that has talked the talk has been able to execute and succeed and have the season they said they were going to have and be able to prove to the fans that what they said was not just spitballing and was actually belief and trust and confidence in the team. Nobody has been able to prove that that has shown it as a coach or manager in Philadelphia.
0: And that's the problem. They have so much talk in them. But right now, they're not putting that effort in. And I think that's a huge difference from what we saw in that Super Bowl team is all those guys, they played for each
1: other. They They were a family. The the biggest thing is... Um, I think they talk, they talk about him first take sometimes. I think Kellerman's brought it up a decent amount over the years. You can correct me if I was wrong because I can't remember if it was Kellerman or Dan Orlovsky that brings this up sometimes. But I think it's about the quarterbacks. Once a quarterback gets paid, it's hard to win. It's your Your best years, because Brady is not a good example because he always takes a pay cut. Your best years are usually in the rookie contract of your quarterback for a chance to win the Super Bowl, because then you can build your roster better, because you're not dedicating so much money to all these top guys. That then your roster becomes more top heavy rather
0: than spread. Yeah, and why why you bring up the topic of uh, money? You want to see? You want to know what I just what I read after the game today? Nelson Aguilar is making more money than Julio Jones, Mike Evans, Michael Thomas, Alshon Jeffrey, Deshaun Jackson, Devontae Adams, Stefan Diggs, Tyreek Hill. And I can keep going, but <laughs> I'll just stop there. But Aguilar is making more money than all those receivers Yeah, you know, I appreciate
1: you stopping there, because if you kept going, uh, we might have violated some FEC regulations at that point. <laughs> uh, I'm, not
0: say- I'm not saying contract-wise, for the record. I'm saying in 2019. <laughs> He's yeah, more than
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. I figured that's what you meant. Yeah, I figured you meant a yearly salary, not a contractual salary. But, I don't know, I mean, Nelson, I mean, the thing that strikes me the most by that is not even the other people you named in outside organizations, but the fact that he's the highest paid wide receiver in our organization. <laughs> hey. Exactly,
0: and that's because I remember Jeffrey took, the, I think Jeffrey took a pay cut this year, and Deshaun Jackson, I guess because it's his end of his career, He's
1: not getting as much money, but yeah. Well, also, I need to. As we're on the topic of Deshaun Jackson, the another thing that annoys me with the Eagles is we have so many injuries, but you don't know a damn thing about them, because the Eagles are the biggest fools and schemers of any football team. It's like oh, we'll just tell the fans that he has knee pain. It's like what the hell does that mean? Like. Like, at least tell people what it is so you're not BSing dog every week. Like, oh, you know, he might be back this week or he might not be back this week. Because, <laughs> l- like, now, like, say what the hell the injury is. Because I'm 100%. When Stephen A. Smith said that, I started clapping at my television. Because I was like, where the hell is Deshaun Jackson? What the hell is he doing with his life? And how about he comes out and tells us what the hell is wrong with him? If the team doesn't want to say what's wrong with him, I don't give a shit if the team gets mad at you. Say what's wrong with yourself. Because I, that's what I would do at that point. I wouldn't even care. I would say, look, you don't want to release injuries? I'm going to release it because these fans want to know. And you're wrong for not releasing injuries. Take it or leave it. Trade me if you but
0: don't it, want it. <laughs> here's the problem. They've never been an organization that did that, that, that. What did they do last year? They hid Wentz's injury. They, like, they, they've, never, they've never been an organization that could be up front with their injuries. So it's not, nothing's going to change.
1: No, they're a bunch of liars. That's been the Eagles organization since they've uh, for, for years. It's not just with Doug Peterson. It's been that way for years, like you said. So, I mean, I don't trust one thing that comes out of the Birds organization when it comes to injuries, to be honest. It's more of just a wait and see. I never have trusted them in recent history. Even in their good years, I haven't trusted them with injuries because they've never been reliable with injuries. So... It's just, and it's been the case. There's two teams in Philly that are like that. The Flyers. I don't know how they'd be with AV, but they tend to be like that too. Where it's like lower body injuries. Like, what in God's creation does that mean? Like, (laughs) say say what's wrong with the guy. Um, So it's not just the Eagles, but it's annoying that you don't report an injury. And I'm with Stephen A. Smith, and I'm also with Stephen A. Smith. Hell. I mean, obviously he doesn't listen. He doesn't listen to our podcast, but hell, I mean, I would tweet at this dude and say, "If you want to go to Dick Sporting Goods and buy some stickum and stuff for the Eagles, I'll meet you there and help you buy some shit for the Eagles to start catching the football." Because I mean, <laughs> this is just—it's anything it takes at this point. And he said that on Friday. He's like, "I'll go and buy them my own equipment if I have to."
0: Meh. <laughs> yeah. And. Unfortunately, it's, that's another Philadelphia trend. Because the Sixers are the same way. When they were hiding Embiid, Simmons, I mean, they had a whole list of guys they were hiding injuries from.
1: Yeah, honestly, the team that might be the most worth putting with their injuries, and I don't know enough about the comment, might honestly be the Union.
0: Absolutely. And shout out to them for that big win today.
1: Yeah, so, I mean, the, the – and – that's kind of weird because, I mean, no offense to the union, they're the least cared about market in Philadelphia. <laughs> so, it's, yeah, that kind, it's kind of weird that you're the most forthcoming when nobody gives a crap. And then, the, except for the really zoned in MLS fans, which is a much smaller percentage, where the Eagles, Flyers, Sixers, and Phillies, who are also in that degree at times. Not as much, but sometimes the Phillies beat around the bush on injuries as well. Uh, they do not come out and straight say what it is all the time. You're like, well, you're a bigger market. You should be the people. People would actually probably care less if it was the union where that had that tendency compared to these teams.
0: That's it, it, uh, an interesting uh, take for sure. Yeah. Um, because it's without question a problem, as they had more today, with Fletcher Cox going down for a little bit. Hideaway went down for a little bit. Or not Hideaway, Ridgeway went down Ridgeway, for a little yeah, bit. Ridgeway,
1: yeah, I think I knew who you meant for me. Once you said um, way, I was like, I kind of
0: got there. But it's, and I mean, I don't know, I don't know where they go in terms of the injuries because it doesn't seem like the injuries Well, at are this point, down, you no. got to
1: go get Harris, in my opinion, like you've been saying, because you didn't get Ramsey. you got to get somebody.
0: I mean, you gotta get more than you gotta get Harris or Patrick Peterson or Peterson. Who, yeah, we've we've apparently requested a trade for already. uh, You need to bring in a wide receiver. You need to bring in a defensive or not defensive line. You need to bring in a linebacker. I mean, it's it's piling up at this point.
1: And at this point, I would say you almost have to bring in another wide receiver, because if if D-Jack's going to be lingering, you need that speed threat, because that shows how much you miss that in this offense, where some offenses can get by with just tall guys that can go up and catch them. And also, first of all, Mac Hollins sucks. (laughs) Um, Like, I I just need to get that out there. Like, this dude I thought was going to be athletic, I thought he was going to be good, I thought he was going to be decent, at least. No offense, buddy, you don't deserve to be on an NFL football team if all you want to do is play special teams. You ain't worth our time. (laughs) That's why Greg Ward should be on the team. At least this dude would, I don't know if he's still on the active roster, but at least he doesn't play if he is. So, this dude can catch the ball we saw in the preseason, and he can also play special teams a little bit. Maybe not to the degree of Matt Collins, but Matt Collins sucks at everything else. So, why is he on the team just for special teams over a guy that's better? (laughs) Like, they just make bad decisions with this team, too.
0: Man, some guys make it just for special teams, and he even alluded to him being a special teams player more than a receiver. But it's tough. Yeah, but he's not even doing that good on special teams this year. It sounds like we're both frustrated, and, I mean, the whole fan base is frustrated, and that's why feel free to comment when we post this and have a fun conversation with us. Um, it's something's got to change from the front office to the players because yeah. that effort, the effort that was shown from preparation to on the field, was I don't know about you, but that was my biggest issue. That
1: today. was the biggest issue with me, too. But also to comment on the thing, yes, comment and post on Twitter, Facebook, whatever I comment on, but uh, if you will, uh, wait till at least after 7 o'clock in the morning tomorrow so my phone's not blowing up overnight. <laughs> uh, um, but yeah, it would be great to have a conversation with, uh,
0: the fans about this type of stuff. I don't know, do you have any other thoughts about the game before we wrap it up? or Uh,
1: I think my final thought would be kind of what I said on the phone, before we came on, which was me about Wentz to you, which is obviously a lot of the fan base still, not actually, I want to, I, I, do you think it's 50-50 or a lot of the fan base still likes Carson Wentz?
0: No, I think the fan base is okay. like Wentz. And I I mean, I, if you're going to the question about whether I like him, absolutely. I, that wasn't I my have, question. I do not have <laughs> this on him
1: at all. Yeah. yeah my, no, my question was more um what I presented to you, uh, off the forefront on the phone, which is, do you, I mean, it doesn't seem like this team likes Carson Wentz. And and, and I don't think, what what I thought uh, Max Kellerman might have missed on first take is, I don't know, I mean, I'm not around the team. Maybe it is a leadership issue with Wentz, but that, that that's just not necessarily the way I see it. I see it as more of a leadership issue with the rest of the team, where they just can't get behind their quarterback for whatever idiotic reason there is.
0: I mean, I don't think they don't like... I mean, I don't see how they don't like him. I mean... Well, whoever Peters- said
1: that, clearly, I don't think, likes Doug Peterson or Corson Wentz, in my opinion. Whoever the an- anonymous person was, I don't think he likes, basically, most
0: of the offense. So... <laughs> sure. But, again, to, to, uh, to me, that quote wasn't necessarily a shot at Wentz. It was more of a shot at the offense. And that's not... Wentz isn't choosing. No, but when
1: is. you take a shot at your offense, in the end, you're kind of taking a shot at your
0: quarterback.
1: Because it's like if I take a shot at my defense in hockey, but then people go, well, it's really your goaltending. Even when you take a shot at your defense, you're kind of, at least in part, taking a shot at your goaltender. Because that factors into bad defense in most cases. <laughs> if you goal lets in a couple bad goals. So it's but,
0: it's kind of the same type of uh, thing. Yeah, I guess so. But I mean, to answer your question, I think I don't think it's that they don't like Wentz. I think it's more that I think the preparation hasn't been where it used to be, and I think that is affecting the way they're playing. And again, because I I mean. The, the offense clicks at times, and I I already said it once, and I'll say it again. I think the the biggest issue overall is turnovers. So to me, that's not going on Wentz. That's just the lack of executing plays.
1: The lack of a good game plan. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the Eagles need to they need to shape up because Josh Allen has actually been continuing to look better, in my opinion, at least as weeks go on. Uh, as an athletic quarterback that can run the ball and has a cannon of an arm but just needs to hone in his accuracy. So he's a threat, I think, against a team like us because obviously our defense has been up and down. But when you have a triple threat like that, I feel like Josh Allen, if you get up to a slow start, might start owning us because he can run if he has to. And he can kind of gun it down the field where, even though he's not the most accurate, there's some guys that can catch up to the ball on the Bills where we don't have corners that can probably catch up to them. So, that's kind of where, like, Cole Beasley also kills us.
0: So, I'm not excited to play a team that has Cole Beasley on it. <laughs> that's true. And then that that's a fun topic we'll talk about in our preview later on the in the week Yeah, for the Bills game, but... Yeah, Cole Beasley is a guy that is known to be an Eagles killer, and I agree with you. Josh Allen continues to, I mean, I know, I think that defense is carrying that team so far, but Josh Allen does seem to be slowly improving. And frankly, if he doesn't get hurt in that game against the Patriots, I think they might pull that game out, and they could be undefeated.
1: Yeah, they could have been the uh, AFC team that is undefeated rather than the patch, and then it would have been them and the 49ers. Who was still that, remarkable that they're the only undefeated NFC
0: team. I get he's not an all-star player, but, I mean, he could have managed that team better than Matt Barkley did.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, anybody in their right mind can probably manage a football team better than Matt, Bar- was, Matt Barkley. That's <laughs> also very true. He He just didn't really pan out at all. So, I mean... I think the Eagles, of course... The weird thing I find with the offense is you feel like your offense would do better when you have such a good backup, too. Because Josh McCown's on the horn, like, you see him on the sidelines with the mic on sometimes suggesting some stuff, too. And he's had such a history of the league as, like, my final wrap-up thought of helping mentor quarterbacks and helping them call good play. And it seems like he's almost kind of just there on this team.
0: But here's the thing, again... To me, it's not so much about how. Like to me, the biggest thing has been Turner. Like that has been the biggest Eagles. Oh yeah, drive. but even then, Turner. I can't
1: think you. I mean, I mean, tonight, in my opinion, Wentz did play a little bit off. Even when he's had a couple people, he kind of forced the issue at times when he probably had maybe a couple seconds longer, and. I do agree with Max Kellerman on one thing with Wentz this year. He does sometimes not read the pocket well. I don't know if it's because of his injuries or whatever, but sometimes the pocket's not collapsing. And you're like, no, what the hell are you doing, Carson? Stay in the damn pocket. And then he runs out, and that's what makes the defender sack him or the defender get near him. Where if he stayed in the pocket, he actually would have been more control. And then sometimes on other plays, he stays in the pocket when he should rush out. So I think injuries might still be
0: in his head a little bit. Oh yeah, I'm not saying he didn't look off that. I'm just saying at at times, like the like that first drive he actually looked on like they had like 20 yards and like four plays and then the one to Goddard, uh, we looked sogran. granted that the run kind of
1: helped us on that drive too so
0: and and even even the announcers were saying on that one to Jeffrey that a lot of fans are saying he threw way too high even the announcers were saying and I agree with them on that play like that in the end zone he put that ball where you wanted Alshon Jeffrey missed time that jump and you actually alluded to him being off, Jeffrey being off earlier in the game which I don't think he's been that bad this year but that's another interesting point because even the announcer and even I I was I mean I listened to both the commentators on the TV and I like listening to Merrill Reese too and Mike Quick and that's something both Chris Collinsworth and Mike Quick alluded to was the mistimed jump was it the perfect throw? no no. but it was a catchable ball
1: yeah neither was the one to Nelson except for I mean Nelson Aguilar I mean, this dude has no idea. Like, thank God this dude has does not play baseball because he would be the worst fielder in the history of the game because this dude does not know how to track a ball if his life depended on it. Like, this dude would not be able to live if his life depended on tracking
0: a ball. <laughs> Actually, I forget, who, I forget who it was on Twitter, but they, they put a poll up. Sorry, I can't give them the credit for it, but it was, um, it was a poll. It was like, who do you do you trust tracking down a ball more Reese Hoskins in left field or Nelson Aguilar Reese Hoskins in left field honestly
1: <laughs> come to think of it put give me Adam Dunn in left field and I still trust him more than Nelson Aguilar Adam Dunn wow
0: what, what an outfielder
1: <laughs> my there, I could rattle off. Like, that's another thing that we keen to save for a future podcast as we do the preview maybe for the Bills. I'll talk about how this is a game that Nelson Angler really needs to step up in because he's been a disgrace lately too and just hasn't shown any effort. And to me, it's hard to judge because I don't know if it's a yips thing or what, but the thing is you have to be able to be forthright with the media if it's something like that. Because otherwise, how are analysts going to judge you correctly if you're not? That's why everybody... At least, Appreciates Granky. because Granky says yeah I have these issues and uh, I mean I'm not going to sugarcoat I have these issues so that's why where if you have those issues with some people don't nobody knows but I've had her commentation quote about maybe he has the yips or maybe he has anxiety issues nobody you can't really comment on them as an analyst if you don't know
0: <laughs> exactly and who was it so. I like think in 2007 yeah the one before the super bowl was it brandon brooks had the anxiety issues and it came out and people understood and they didn't like criticize him as much and it led to i think he got some games off and then he got his he got mentally right for the eight or yeah for the 18 season when he helped us win a super bowl
1: yeah yeah exactly he was yeah he was forthcoming and everybody was fine with that uh of course Grenke everybody was fine with that other than um Part of New York, but we won't get into that. Um, <laughs> the, the, so the, but yeah, I mean, I just think that they these this team needs to be more honest with the media. I think this team's way too sugarcoated too. Yeah, I agree with
0: that one hundred percent. But I think I think that's. I mean, I don't know if you have any final thoughts.
1: No, I don't. I definitely don't have anything else, unless if you had something you wanted to say as an
0: outro type thought. I mean, I think as a fan base, we all agree. Actually, I, I actually one. I want one more take real quick on a game like this. I was seeing something on Twitter. Um, do you feel has this changed the way you think about what they should do at the deadline? Meaning. Are you all four still buying in for a run, or do you think they should be Andy thinking McPhail? about selling?
1: Uh, nah, yeah, we're gonna call that pulling an Andy McPhail from now on. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the the um, let's see, I don't know. I mean, I think it's tough because in this city, just like the Phillies did, you you, you close down, you quit you're going to get destroyed, I mean, it's going to be 08 booing again, where it was the end of Donovan's reign, if you remember that, where was, I was actually at a game, and it was give us number four, give us number four, give us number four now, so, and this was for an all-time great quarterback, Um, where you're not going to get that with Wentz, but you might get that with if guys on the defense are doing bad and maybe a guy like Ridgeway steps up or somebody else, like, you might get people that start tweeting, like, just put this guy in because this guy sucks at this point. Like, that that's kind of what you're going to get because, and it might not even be a good opinion. It might kind of be the person just being mad and letting their opinions factor into their analysis or let their emotions, I mean, factor into their analysis, excuse me, um, but too much. But the thing is, That's what happens, and that's what naturally happens when a team quits. People are going to let their emotions really factor into their analysis because once you have your emotions in it, plus your critical standpoint, then it's just kind of, yeah, that's a lost cause at that point for the team that you're about to (laughs) do
0: a take on. Yeah, okay. uh, I'm going to go on the route of, I think, as of now, we'll see, I think we have another week before the deadline. I think they should still consider buying. I think just... Like you said, there's too much on this team. Um, And if you were to give up on the year, that would create a whole other issue. And I don't think anybody wants to go down that road yet.
1: Yeah, the way way that I would consider that issue is, and especially um, the way I would consider that issue is from the song. uh, That goes way down we go. That's how the Phillies were this year, Uh, and that's how the Eagles would be if they decided to quit. It's just going to be the city going, it's all downhill from here, and it's continuing to go downhill from here. So, that's kind of the way I feel on that, and that's why I agree with you 100% of that. I don't think you can quit yet, because if you quit, it sets a terrible precedent where that's why he set a terrible precedent tonight. It looked like the team quit after the first two possessions.
0: Absolutely. Sounds like we're on the same page. So, But thank you all for listening to the Wentz Wagon segment of the True Philadelphia sports Sportscast uh, podcast. Um, please comment below on suggestions and feel free to start conversations with us as we'd be glad to talk Philadelphia sports in the future. Have a great week.
1: And also give us comments on any other podcast ideas you might want us to do. (laughs) Peace out, everybody.